Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's it. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. Guys, this is the perfect day for me to be hosting because there's a whole bunch of new polls. And I know how you love polls. We're going to talk about them because they're they're good. I'm going to tell you right now. They're good polls for Donald Trump. I was going to say they're good for who? They're good for Donald Trump. They're not good for me, although this is shaping up to be a very, very good show for me because I love these topics and they happen to be some of the top news stories of the day. Let me tell you exactly why I'm here and how we got to this place. So it's been a weird week. Monday, Annie was here, and she was prepping for the show. We were talking over things just like usual with Brad and Leah. And then she gets a phone call at almost exactly noon. I think it was about five minutes till noon. Yeah. That uh, one of her, well, her oldest daughter was running a high fever. And I think she was not the only kid that was sick. So they, they were tapping out their, their resources for babysitters. And then she got that call and said, I have no option. I have to go get her. So I being here already, we had nobody scheduled. I thought you were going to say I being a hero. <laughs> I being a hero. Stepped in and uh, hosted on Monday. So that's what, that's what happened on Monday. Now, Annie was back yesterday, of course, because we got the babysitter situation. Kids are still sick. Yeah. But got the babysitter situation figured out. And then she was here, and if you heard, she was uh, struggling. She was coughing a little bit and, you know, not having a great time of it. Well, it was because she was getting sick. Yeah. And now she's sick. And we told Annie, look, stay home. She was fighting to come in, and yeah. we're like, you, you, if you come in tomorrow, <clears throat> then you're just going to miss yeah. Thursday if you're really that sick. So Yeah, she was very concerned that she, you guys listening would feel like she was letting you down and and she was concerned that we would feel like she was letting us down. It's like, no, 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 no. 
it's do something, what you got to do. Yeah, you, you don't have control over whether or not you get sick. You don't have control over whether or not your kids get sick. Just stay home, get yourself better, and then come back whenever you're feeling well, and we'll take it from there, and it'll be fine. So one day at a time. Yep. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow will be like if uh, if she's still sick. I, I know she look. She's fighting to come she in. She wants to That's come in. That's the way Annie is. So my guess is that she will try to be here. Or she will be here tomorrow. But I don't know. It, it really depends on how she's feeling. And then we won't let her come in if she can't talk because that would be right. crazy. So that's where we are right now here at 1209 here in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk. My name is Ryan Wiggins, and I will be filling in today just like Monday, and we'll see what tomorrow holds. Now, here's the deal. The polls are good. I, of course, follow polls like crazy, and I know which ones are better than others. I know generally which ones you can trust and which ones you can't. Uh, there's some really good college polls. Uh, these are not necessarily those, but they are good polls. And I'm going to start with the general election polls that have come out. Now, a lot of you are going to say, in a general election, though, that's not that's not the Electoral College. That's not what wins presidential elections. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That is a correct assessment. General election polls are interesting, but they don't win presidential elections. So I'll tell you what they are, and I'll tell you why they matter. First, the general election poll from Emerson says that Trump is up by one. But that is just Trump versus Biden. The general election poll, if you include Trump versus Biden versus RFK Jr. versus Cornell West versus Jill Stein, all these third-party candidates, that's not even including Joe yeah. Manchin. Well, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, of those candidates that you've mentioned, how many of those are definitely running? I think all of those okay. are definitely running. Yeah. The, the, the question is, will they be on the ballot in every state? Okay. Because right now they're not. But they probably will be. So it's it's a yeah. matter of gathering signatures there's, and their ground game and all this stuff. There's also efforts to keep some of them off the ballot in states. And that's a fact, too. And that could, that could legitimately yeah. play into this. Uh, but when you add in all the third-party candidates, Trump does go up, but not much, by two. You know, he goes up to Trump plus two. Um, there are other general election polls that are out right now. Economist YouGov is a very, very good one, reliable. It has Trump versus Biden, Biden up by one. So we're talking about basically an even ground game throughout the entire country. If you just did a poll of America, surprise, surprise, we're just about split 50-50. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just according to these polls. They are good. But you say, Ryan, that doesn't win elections. Well, that's true. But when you have basically an even electorate, that tilts Republican because of the swing states. The reason that happens is because you have population centers in places like California and New York and even Chicago, three Mm -hmm. biggest cities in the United States. They make their states very, very blue. Well, they're also very, very congested, high population areas that are clustered together. Right. So they don't get necessary. I mean, they're they're afforded proportional electoral college votes, but that doesn't necessarily swing a state like like Wisconsin. So a state like Wisconsin or Michigan or a swing state in general, Arizona, we'll get to these in a second. They tend to be just a little bit right of the entire country. That that doesn't mean that they're going to swing right for sure. But when you have the whole country at even, that means your swing states, they tilt a little bit rightward which is good for Republicans, regardless of who the Republican is. Now, specifically with Donald Trump, I'm not going to try to bog you down with numbers here, but let's look at the states because that's what's going to matter. And these are the latest, okay? These are the latest, but I'll give you the overall two. In my assessment right now, 
it's very odd because the states you know for sure are going to be swing states that decided the last election, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin. Those were the closest ones in the 2020 election. Those states are are not the clear Trump states right now. They are leaning Trump. But there are other swing states that are swinging harder to the right than those three. And I don't know why that is. Maybe there's a lot more attention being paid to those three, and therefore people are just a little more checked out. I don't know. You've got to look at at those states and and what issues might be affecting those states or be important to the voters in those states and how Joe Biden's policies have affected those states. So of Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, those three big ones that decided the 2020 election, they're all leaning Trump. I'll give you that right now. But Georgia is leaning Trump the hardest. Right now, Georgia overall, well, I'll give you the latest first. Georgia, according to Bloomberg and Morning Consult, has Trump up by eight. Wow. Now, that is a lot, and that is outside the margin of error. That's what's such a big deal. If you want to look at the overall, though, with all the polls put together, you mix them in a bowl and you you get the overall average, Trump is leading Georgia by seven points. Again, outside the margin of error. Here's what's surprising. Arizona, Trump's leading by 4.5. That's pretty big. The latest one just has him up by three, but that's still close to the margin of error. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania is another one. Trump does not look super strong in Pennsylvania right now. That's kind of a surprise to me. I thought that would be, if if all states were moving in that direction, I would figure Pennsylvania would kind of be leading that pack. They're not. That state is actually Biden plus 0.1, basically even right now. The latest poll, though, from Bloomberg Morning Consult has Trump plus three. So... If you're going, well, okay, those states may not be leaning Trump so hard. So what is, and oh, Wisconsin, I didn't mention them. Wisconsin, Trump basically even, mm-hmm. plus 0.3. The latest one has him plus five, but overall basically even. So what are the states that are, are really looking like they're leaning hard Trump now? Or they're not necessarily the ones you'd expect. Nevada, The latest from Bloomberg Morning Consult has him up by eight in Nevada. That's huge. That is typically a Democrat state. They just elected Democrat senators in 2022 in a very, very close election. They have him overall up by seven. Now, I'll, I'll give you the numbers here real quick, and then we'll get to some sound because this is pretty interesting stuff. Michigan. That's one that I did not see turning red quickly. I thought, yeah, maybe over the next 10 years or so. But right now, the latest poll out of Michigan has Trump up by five and overall average Trump up 5.1. Again, that is outside the margin of error. If he wins these states, he wins the election. He's looking very good in every single swing state, Pennsylvania being the closest. Now, here's what's interesting. That's mostly just Trump versus Biden. That's not considering any third-party candidates on the ballot. For a great analysis of third-party candidates, I turn you over to The View. (laughs) Are you concerned with a third party? I am very concerned. I mean, I talk to Joy about it all the time. This mm-hmm. is her big, big thing. She always talks to uh, about Ralph Nader um, and how he was a spoiler. But I just learned today that when Jill Stein ran and, and it was Trump versus Hillary, mm-hmm. there were three states 
Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, where Stein's vote total exceeded Trump's margin of victory. So had she perhaps not been part of it, Hillary Clinton would have been president. Yeah, and I, listen, I'm, I'm you know, uh, we're old enough to remember when uh, Ross Perot was a spoiler mm, for George yeah. Herbert Walker Bush. And in that case, that was 1996, and in that case, you had George Herbert Walker Bush, who's a sane, good, normal human being, running against Bill Clinton. He was a hoe, but he was a normal, good human being. Okay. All right. So let's, you know, pass the laughter there. That's actually not bad analysis from the view. The reason they're talking about it is not the same reason we're talking about it, though. They're worried. Yeah. They're worried because they see probably the same things that we're talking about right now. But all the numbers I just gave you, those were just a head-to-head matchup. You add in third-party candidates, and it goes like this. Arizona goes from being plus three to plus eight for Trump if you add in the third-party candidates. Now, this is just Bloomberg Morning Consult, okay? Um, But all the states are like that. Uh, You take Michigan. It goes from being plus five to plus six for Trump. Now, a lot of these margins aren't huge, but you switch by a point here or there in a swing state, Mm-hmm. It does make a huge difference. Well, when you're talking about six points, you know, you're you're getting into what media likes to call landslide territory. Yes, you are, especially with the Electoral College, let alone the general election. I mean, if the general election, if he wins the popular vote, don't worry about it. Yeah. He's going to get the swing states at that point. But another one, Nevada. We keep saying, man, Nevada is surprising. Plus eight for Trump with it just to being a head to head matchup. Put in the third party candidates. It goes to Trump plus 12 now, if Trump wins Nevada by 12 points, uh, this nation has gone red in well, 2024. Well, here's the thing. If that poll is off by 10 points, Donald Trump still wins Nevada. I Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So uh, that's why this stuff is so interesting. It's not because of one individual poll. And Brad points out, you know, a lot of times you see polls that come out, especially if they're sanctioned by certain parties yeah. or certain actors within the parties. They're intended to shape a narrative. If this is shaping a narrative right now, I'm not really sure what it is other than the possibility that there are people that want to get rid of Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. that they say this guy is the weakest candidate. I was sitting there because like you were saying, this is Bloomberg. uh, What was the other group? Bloomberg Morning Consult is the majority of these swing state polls, but Economist, YouGov, and Emerson are in there, too. So you kind of look at them, and it's like, what is the motivation or who commissioned these polls? Because I still think polls are persuasive, not uh, predictive. But they have to be a little bit accurate to be persuasive. That, and that's where I keep coming back to, is that these these polling agencies have a lot on the line. Yeah. You know, this is how they make a living, is by being accurate. Yeah. Now, to some degree... How they make a living is by a media outlet sponsoring them. Yeah, by delivering what the media outlet wants. So it's not entirely what their living is, but if they lose all credibility, then so does the news outlet and so does the poll. So there has to be something to it. Yeah. So I wanted to lead with that today, and I wanted to tell you, too, what the rest of the show is going to be like, because uh, while that is super, super interesting national stuff, I want to talk some local, and we do have a couple of local guests on Uh, The ultimate local guest, Mark Cox, is coming on the show in this hour. And I don't know whether he's going to be able to in the next segment or the following because he's got some stuff going on. But there is so much happening in Missouri. Uh, There are national legislators. I mean, Chip Roy and and names that if you're plugged into politics, you know their name for being pretty big national figures outside of Missouri. They're weighing in on what's happening in Missouri right now. 
So there is a lot happening in the Missouri legislature, specifically the Senate. On Monday, I talked to Bill Eigel. You guys had that scheduled. It was cool yeah. to talk to him. Um, it sounds like we are going to talk we're to Caleb Rowden, the head of the Senate. Yeah, we're, we, we've got him on the schedule. We're just working on a time, and hopefully we can get him in this week. So that'll be this week. But in the meantime, everybody who I follow said, oh, my gosh, big breakthrough. The dam has broken yesterday. There was a, a big, I don't know what you call it, a, a protest. It was more like a rally mm -hmm. at the Capitol yesterday. Mark Cox was there. There's been a ton of action in the Missouri Senate. So if you're not plugged in, I want to catch up on exactly what has happened in the last roughly 24 hours. That's coming up in this hour. By the way, too, in this hour, we're giving away Jordan Peterson tickets. We usually do that later in the show, but that's why I'm teasing it now is because it's going to be here in the 12 o'clock hour. Stick around for your chance to win Jordan Peterson tickets at some point before 1 o'clock. This is the Annie Fry Show. We will be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. But the ultimate audible, I, we're nothing but audibles today. So Annie is out, of course, I explained at the beginning of the last segment that she was out Monday because her kids were sick. And then she came in yesterday and, and was just, <laughs> she was hacking up along and, and now she's full-blown sick. So I'm Ryan Wiggins filling in today. We'll see what tomorrow holds. Uh, but speaking of audibles, so normally in the next segment, it is the Wiggins America segment. Uh, but Mark Cox is going to come on in that segment and update us on everything happening in the Missouri legislature, which is a lot. And so I'm really looking forward to that conversation. If you didn't hear Mark this morning, he'll kind of catch us up mm -hmm. here, uh, us Illinois boys. Uh, right now, though, Brad has kind of, I don't know, in a, in a way prepared a Wiggins America. This is the, like outside way of preparing it. I got I a couple of articles that kind of maybe have flown under the radar and one that's a little bit ridiculous yeah. uh, that I wanted to bring. But uh, do you remember about a year ago, February, about a big train derailment? <laughs> yeah. It and was like a four-week-long yeah, lead-the-news story. The videos of the, the people going down into the creeks and scraping, and you'd see chemicals coming out of it, and it burned for a while, and just yeah. all that other stuff. And then like Donald Trump is like, I'm going to go visit these people. 
Yes. And Donald Trump went and visited it. And they're like, when's the White House going to go out and visit? This is East Palestine. Palestine? Palestine. Palestine. Yeah. Ohio. Yeah. So East Palestine, Ohio. They, you know, everybody was going out there visiting. Eventually, Mayor Pete made it out there as a transportation director and he visited a little bit. And then some awesome pictures of him in a white collared shirt with a funky looking hard hat came out. I remember that. He walked around and did that. And they kept asking, when's the president going to do it? And he's like, I'm going to go out there and visit. I'm going to go out there and visit. I'm going to go out there and visit. I mean, they were asking him as late as uh, September, I think it was. And, and I think we have some audio on this. Derailment was on February 3rd. The president will go to East Palestine. He promised that he would, and he will. Uh, you saw him. On, uh, so he was not on a break when he was in Lake Tahoe? I will say this again. The president is going to go to East Palestine, as he has said that he is committed to do. You saw him. Time since then, many trips to Delaware. There was a Christmas week in St. Croix. There was time at Camp David. But the flight to Cleveland, Ohio, which is less than an hour on Air Force One, was too much uh, to take a break for the president until now. Again, we have no idea why this announcement is happening now, uh, except for the fact that Ohio is a battleground state in the election year that we are now in. So the first part of that clip was back during the was, derailment. It was in September of 2023. So it was several months after. they oh. were. Even, so the derailment happened on February 3rd of last year. And they were asking about Joe Biden visiting East Palestine, uh, Palestine, as late as Feb as September. I think that was September 5th. And so the second half of the clip is, is Peter now. Ducey. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> guess what, guys? Joe Biden's going to visit East Palestine, Ohio, and he's going to do it on the to mark the one year anniversary of it. And it's interesting because, like, if you listen to KJP in that, she was talking about he just can't find time in his schedule. And then Peter Ducey went on to do what Peter Ducey does, and he listed all of the vacation time Joe Biden <laughs> had between then and that's now. Fantastic! I have one piece of bad news for Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. Yeah. Ohio is not a swing state. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, no but, it's not. But the thing is, is Joe Biden, you know, good old Uncle Joe, uh, blue collar Joe, could not find it in his schedule after. I mean, and you all have pay attention. You're smart list. You're smart people. You're listeners to this show. We keep you up to date and you keep us up to date sometimes. And Joe Biden has not found time in his schedule to go visit those residents. And now... And Annie and I talked about this yesterday. Now that the political winds are starting to blow and he needs to start winning people over and remaking this blue collar Joe image and to see as the president who cares. Now he's going to make the trip to East Palestine, Ohio, to see them. And uh, East Palestine, Ohio, uh, I'm not really finding much in here. Several East Palestine residents spoke out against Biden in September for not visiting the town. And local residents Courtney Courtney Miller, DJ Yokely, and Jamie Wallace spoke with Fox & Friends host Nicole Sapphire about the struggles they've endured since the disaster spewed uh, toxic chemicals. If you remember that they were talking about headaches and, and... just all of that stuff. Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, it was it was an ecological disaster. I remember J.D. Vance, who's a senator mm-hmm. from Ohio, yeah. going into the creeks nearby and just standing in the creeks and running a stick yeah. through the through the bed of the creek, and you just see that that oily film. Yeah, that rainbowy. Color. Yeah, that stuff that when you're at the gas station, you can see that in puddles yeah. around you. That that rainbowy thing that was coming up out of the water in the creeks. So I'd be interested to know. 
what's happened since then, because that was within a month, that was what was going so, mm-hmm. and, it, and it lasted a while. Yeah. It lasted quite well, a while, there were but con- I don't know a year there out. There was would- concerns of that contamination leaking down into other waterways and going down even into other states. And I think they had some issues with that. But like it was it it was a big disaster. It was a big deal at the time. And the Biden administration is like, yeah, it's kind of bad. I'm really busy right now, guys. Sorry, I can't visit you. And now that everything is seems to be kind of straightened out or at least under control and on the process of getting cleaned up, now he's going to make his way there. And I'm very curious to see how the residents respond to that. I wonder if he receives a warm welcome or if he gets heckled. And my, my thing is, too, will they allow him to be heckled at that? Or will they just not Shield even have him? Yeah, not even have East Palestine, Ohio residents residents there. they just have syncophants or whatever i think you probably know the answer to that yeah look for a video of joe biden standing in that same creek <clears throat> running a stick through it going look it's fine everything's they're, fine they're not gonna let him walk down an embankment <laughs> the video will be of joe biden falling into the creek and then you can see the rainbow colors of him hitting the ground <laughs> and stirring up all that stuff here's the second one that brad brought to my attention no <laughs> not really I don't think people really crave unity at this point in this country. I hate to say that. Yeah. I'm all for compromise and working with the other side and so on. But in the end, he just has to stick to four very basic issues. Inflation is huge. The border is huge. Crime in American cities driving people out of San Francisco, Chicago, New York for places like Florida, Tennessee, Texas. That is huge. And foreign policy, you know, the Houthis are still using our ships for target practice uh, over in the Red Sea right now. And the world seems like it's on fire. It was much more stable when Trump was here. He makes that message. He drives that home. That's that's how you win. But I think for Nikki Haley, by the way, I I think when she drops out, she'll still endorse Trump. That was Joe Concha. And that is somehow related to Elmo. Yeah. So the question is what the the key word there is. Joe Concha said the world is on fire right now. And uh, the I I don't know if this I guess this is yesterday. Elmo sent out a tweet. It it was trending and it was trending big time. And he said, how's everybody? How's everybody doing? Elmo just checking in. That's it? Just the, yeah. Okay. And uh, the answer seems like it's not great. <laughs> We're not doing great here, Elmo. Washington Post had a story about this, and, and the, ans- the the headline was, Elmo asked how everybody was doing. The answer was bad. Yeah. So everybody chimed in. I mean, I, last I looked, there was like 20,000 retweets, 119,000 likes. I couldn't see how many comments, but there's just a ton of comments there. Uh, but the one person responded, the world is burning around us, Elmo. Uh, my question is this. Why do people need to tell Elmo how things are? These are adults. He's safe. <laughs> like, where where are we as adults? Yes, the world is on fire. I agree with you. It's concerning. I agree with you. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? I, I did see that a lot of people were commenting on that. It was, I think it was the number one trending story yesterday, yeah. which is ridiculous. Um, but but the White House, I was gonna say Joe Biden, but you know it's not really him tweeting. So Somebody with the account of Joe Biden mm-hmm. retweeted this and was talking to yeah, Elmo yeah, like they they kind, were on Sesame Street, kind of playing off of the cloudy days. Yes, uh, <laughs> and it was just really this is this is yeah. what we're doing today. That was the number just, one trending story. I just can't stand that this is where we're at as adults. Like it's like, uh, and we've seen this across several different things. Do you remember when Blue, uh, the the guy from Blue's Clues, came back mm-hmm. and everybody was like, oh. Like, grow up. Grow up. You watch this as a kid. You don't need to go back. You can look back on it finally. Like, oh, yeah, I used to like that show. You don't need emotional support from non-real characters. These are fake characters. Listen, I just want to tell you, if you're listening right now, that I completely disagree with Brad. And if you are in love with those characters, then 
I want you to identify with me. Now, if you're like Brad, you, he yeah. can be your guy on the if show. If you tonight. want to identify with Ryan, he's identifying with fake characters, making Ryan <laughs> fake. <laughs> no, I'm the one that reaches out to you in love. Brad brings a stern hand. I'm like the dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be the the I'll be the cool dad that shows up just on the weekend. <laughs> the worst dad ever. <laughs> so, uh, so just a a short break here, and then we're gonna come back. I, this is kind of a weird segment because we we did this in reverse order, but we're gonna come back with Mark Cox after the break. But two things to get to before we do here. Okay, real quick. Right now is your chance to win Jordan Peterson tickets. 314-241-9797. Jordan Peterson is going to be at the Stiefel Theater on February 14th. We're giving away tickets all week. We've been doing it in the 2 o'clock hour, but I said, no, let's do it in the 12 o'clock hour today. So now is your time to call and be the 12th caller at 314-241-9797. And before we get to the break, the YouTube live chat poll, haven't even mentioned it yet. Are you worried that AI could take your job? Yes or no? A simple yes or no. Are you worried AI could take your job? Short break. We'll be back with Mark Cox to talk about what's happening in Missouri. Stick around. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, congratulations to Phil from Hamill, who just won those tickets to see Jordan Peterson on February 14th at Stiefel Theater. I also, hey, this is Ryan Wiggins filling in for Annie Fry, who is sick today. I have never, I don't know that I've ever actually been in the host chair, because if you're not watching us, you don't know, but uh, we kind of play musical chairs because the computers are set up better for the host, and so I'm sitting in Annie's spot right now. Um, I, I'm not usually near the phones, so I don't get to see this and do contests like this. But I'm near the phone enough that I could see that uh, I wanted to give a big shout out to whoever was calling in from Walgreens. <laughs> Try like clearly <laughs> on the clock, yeah. listening yeah. to the Andy Fry show at Walgreens. Just make sure you turn that volume up so everybody in there can hear it. Yeah, just put it on the speakers in the store. That would be completely fine. And then, but I, I, I get why you wouldn't though, because then yeah. so many more people don't would be do calling. that. If, don't do that if that'll get you in trouble. Though. <laughs> Actually. I'm not that worried about that. Do that regardless. Remember, I think it would be fun. Do you remember last segment when Ryan said he was the one that cared and was loving? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so thanks for playing. We'll do that again tomorrow. More tickets to give away both Thursday and Friday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do have Mark Cox on the phone to fill us in on everything going on in Missouri, in the Senate, in the legislature. Mark, thanks for uh, making some time for us today. I know you're a busy guy. Not a problem. I was just at Walgreens. I saw some girl on the phone. <laughs> well, I she didn't win, so I feel bad. Oh, rats. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Yeah. yeah. She was on the phone <laughs> at, at Walgreens, right? Not just on at her cell Walgreens. phone. Okay. Yeah. Right, uh, right. Yeah. So, Mark, I know that you're out and about today. I know we had to kind of squeeze you in, but I, I really do appreciate your time because I know that you are among those who are right there. In fact, I didn't know that you were doing this yesterday. I saw you leaving. I didn't know you were leaving going straight to Jeff City from here from the studio yesterday. So what exactly yeah, was, was taking place there? That was a quick 200-mile round trip. Um, 
I drove down because they were having a rally to support the members of the Missouri Freedom Caucus. They have been trying desperately to do something that should have been done two years ago in the Missouri legislature, and that was uh, get a get a question on the ballot regarding initiative petition reform. Missouri, and you know this will enlighten some of your listeners in Illinois. Missouri has one of the weakest uh, thresholds in the country to amend our constitution, and it was fine for many years because you didn't have people with ulterior motives across the country who were trying to take advantage of it. But in recent years, they have increasingly taken advantage of it. You've got people who come in from out of state who, who have certain motives, certain issues they want to see become law. And instead of trying to go through the legislature, they pay millions of dollars to collect signatures and get it on the ballot and then produce slick ads and get people to unknowingly vote for things that they don't, in many cases, understand. And, and we've been trying to get them to modify that. And since the beginning of the legislative session on January 5th, they've, they've been stalling at Jeff City. Leadership has not taken up this issue. And a group of conservative senators stood up and decided they were just going to basically filibuster and lock up the Senate until they got leadership down there to agree to do something. And they finally did. And so is is that why yesterday was so important? I mean, was was it that there was such a big rally? I saw pictures. It was a big rally. I mean, getting people to take that kind of action and show up all together politically is not the easiest thing to do. And so when I saw the pictures of how many people were there, I don't know if they're petitioning or, or, or what you'd call it, but certainly, you know, a gathering, a rally. Uh, is that, you know, the pressure that needed to happen? What exactly took place yesterday that changed things? Yeah, the rally did not fix the problem. The rally happened about an hour. I mean, maybe people knew the rally was coming, but I don't think anybody who showed up there deserves any credit for changing anything. It, was the, it really was the senators who stood up and said, we need to make this a priority. This is a conservative priority. We have a Republican supermajority in this state. Why don't we act like it? And finally, uh, the Senate leadership agreed to the committee, and they've agreed to vote on it early next week. And, and that seems like a while, but it's really breakneck speed for the Missouri Senate. Most of those things take four to six weeks to get to the floor. Mark, we talked to Bill. I, I, in fact, because I happen to be hosting on Monday, talked to Bill Eigel, who's been at the center of this whole thing, among others, with the Freedom Caucus, of course. Uh, Caleb Rowden is a Republican. He's in charge, the, the Senate leader right now. He's, you know, of course, uh, I would think he was a conservative Republican, too. What exactly is he or I guess that that's that, that faction of Republicans? What are they saying as to why they've taken so long to take this up? It's kind of odd, uh, Ryan, because I had Caleb Rowden, who is a Senate Republican from uh, down near Boone County. I had him on my show a year ago when he was the incoming Senate pro tem. And he told me, I played the audio the other day, uh, that he was, that initiative petition reform was something he was interested in pushing through the Senate last year. And then it didn't happen. So, I think you've got people that are willing to pay good lip service to something, but they know how to grind the gears just slowly enough that it never happens. 
and I believe that's what's happened here. This may still not pass. It's got to go to the floor of the Senate, get voted on, get sent to the House. They've got to find some commonality between those two bills and then send it to Governor Parson's desk, and then he would have to sign it. So it might still not happen, but the point is the people that stood up and stood their ground, at least we're going to get it to a vote. So, Mark, when you say, and this is Mark Cox, by the way, Mark Cox Morning Show, of course, joining us right now. When you say that initiative petition reform is the big issue that they have been pushing, honestly, I'm sure that if, if you're just tuning into 97.1 and you're not a regular political junkie, you go, yeah. oh, boy, initiative petition reform, that's my issue, too. You know, that's not hey. <laughs> exactly, you know, it's not exactly the, uh, the number one thing on most voters' minds, but it leads to so yeah. much, and, and, and abortion really is a big issue, and it could affect things like that down the road with how easily outside groups are able to come in and change the Missouri Constitution. I'm just making new laws. I mean, you are changing the Constitution, and I've heard you say before, both on air and I think just in our personal discussions, that this, depending on what comes out here, because we don't know exactly what this is going to look like, like you said yet, but whatever it is, it'll make the, the Missouri Constitution, should it pass, look a little bit more like the actual U.S. Constitution, right? Not nearly enough. I mean, to amend the U.S. Constitution takes a vote of two-thirds of the states. That's a, that's a super majority in order to amend the United States Constitution. They want everybody on board, at least two-thirds of the people on board, before they're going to amend it. In Missouri, it's still 50.1. 50% plus one person is enough to amend the Missouri Constitution. All this bill would do, it would just say, okay, it's still 50 plus one, but you also have to get a 50 plus one majority in at least five of the eight Missouri congressional districts. And that way we know that it is truly the will of the people in five of the eight congressional districts, or they could choose to go with Missouri State House uh, seats, and you would have to get a 50 plus one and half of the Missouri House seat district in order for something to become uh, in the in amended to the Constitution. So it's really it, it's not even making it more difficult to pass. It's just saying you've got you've got to prove to us that the, the, the true majority of people in the state support this and not just people in the population centers like like St. Louis and Kansas City and Springfield. You can't just throw votes at it and make it pass with a simple majority. you got to prove that you got statewide support for it. That, that's what we're looking for. The, the protests, Mark, against this that I've seen are, are funny because they're so easily dismantled when you point out things like, you know, the U.S. Constitution or your blue state neighbor to the east, Illinois, where it's a much, much bigger slog to get something added to the Illinois Constitution. And Missouri, even after initiative petition reform, wouldn't even still be as hard as those two places. It's true. And, Ryan, here's the other thing. The, the opponents of this are going to try to claim that it's only about abortion. It's only out of fear that the Missouri Constitution will be amended to allow abortion. It, it's really a, a much bigger issue than that. It should have been fixed a number of years ago, right? Um, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't have legalized marijuana in Missouri. I don't, I don't know how that vote would have gone. I think that might still have passed. Um, but, but you've got other issues coming up. There are people that are 
collecting signatures for an initiative petition to change gun laws in the state of Missouri. Now, that should be the last thing people want to allow to happen on a simple majority vote, because at that point, you're, you're defying the will of 49.9% of the people to satisfy 51.1%. You, you have to have a little bit of buy-in from the other side if you want people to continue to get along. And that's all this is about, whether it's guns or abortion or something else that gets put on the ballot. Um, we should be able to say confidently that a majority of Missouri citizens wanted this change. And that's what a concurrent majority requirement will do if we can just get this thing to the people. That would probably happen, I would guess, in June uh, if the governor signs the bill. If it passes and he signs it, my guess is he would try to put this on the ballot in June. Yeah, these things take time, as you were explaining to me this morning, because I was like, Mark, fill me in here, because this is obviously I'm in Illinois and I, I'm, I'm interested in what this is, but uh, it doesn't directly affect me other than the fact that I work here and we, of course, cover politics locally. But uh, right. this, this is something that the, the time frame really does have to be right now because it takes so long uh, for it to play out the way that you would figure, which is why you're seeing the Senate, you know, the, the Freedom Caucus do this right now. Yeah, for, for it to go into effect, it, it goes, it, if the people pass the bill, if they vote on it and it passes, and if the, the people of Missouri, it takes 30 days before it goes into effect. So if they passed it in June, assuming it would pass, uh, it would take effect before, let's say, an August election or certainly before a November election. That that abortion initiative petition, that petition to amend gun laws could both be on the ballot either in August or November. So you definitely want the new law to be in effect before then. So you could say all we want you to do is prove that you have the majority of people in Missouri who support this. Exactly. Mark, last question before we let you go here. I keep seeing that school reform, maybe the voucher system, but just school choice has been discussed as part of this. But it's it not, it's not maybe the marquee issue, but it has been discussed. Have, have you been following why that is a part of this discussion? Well, it's it's a priority for the Republican Party in Missouri to expand school choice. Again, the Democrats, the teachers unions are opposed to that idea. I mean, in my mind, competition makes you better. And right now, the public schools have no competition. So they have no, I don't know, they, they, they just have, there's no competitive fire there to be better than yeah. anybody else in how they educate your kids. It's unconnected to initiative petition reform as far as I'm concerned. But they do have a something like a voucher in Missouri where you, you, you pay into a fund, you get a tax refund for it, and um, you get to write it off your taxes, and then that money can be used to fund kids moving from one district to another. But it's still pretty limited. And what they want to do is expand that to the entire state. And that's a bill that's floating around in the Senate. I don't know if that's something that gets through the legislature this year or not. I'm, st I'm just glad to hear that that's still a priority for the Republicans, for the conservatives in Jeff City, because that's just such a big deal. And it could just it, it makes such a big deal for generations to come. Mark, I oh, thank uh, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you're absolutely right. And, and it crosses party lines and it crosses socioeconomic lines. 
and it helps poor people as much as it helps anyone. Yeah, and I, I just can't believe when I hear people that are fighting against it, you just go, look, are you happy with the education system now? I mean, why, why wouldn't yeah. you want to keep making things better, especially for inner city, for maybe even the deeply rural areas where the test scores aren't good? You know, give people some options. That, that's all we're talking about here. Mark, again, thank you so much for your time. I know we had to kind of work with your schedule today, but I always appreciate it. I'm glad we can make it work. Glad to do it, Ryan. Thank you. All right. That is Mark Cox of the Mark Cox Morning Show. Of course, every day here right from 5 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock in the morning. Can you believe that? Through 9 o'clock every day (laughs) right here on 97.1 FM Talk. That is the one and only Mark Cox. Uh, Really briefly, again, the YouTube live chat poll today. Are you worried that AI could take your job I got to tell you, we're getting a lot of comments about this one. I'll read a couple of them to you right here. Amanda says, no, I'm a mom. I'd like to see AI field a day of toddler running and endless questions. It would shut down after an hour. Not scared. AI can't handle this. And then the next one right after that is from Chris. He says, no, I'm more worried about AI taking over the world. Okay. I think that's fair. Well, this is the Annie Fry Show. That is the Annie Fry YouTube live chat poll of the day. Are you worried that AI could take your job? We're going to go into a discussion about this at about 2.05, uh, along with Leah, along with AB from the uh, Brett Mega Morning Show, uh, because they are doing things that do involve AI and have a little bit different perspective on this. I uh, got a couple of news stories that involve people getting laid off at a couple companies that involve AI, and it's because of AI. So we'll bring all that up here in the 2 o'clock hour, but we got an hour to go. And up next, Deroy Murdoch, who's here every Wednesday. He'll be talking about the border. Right after that, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, she's announced her candidacy for Missouri's 3rd Congressional District. A little bit different takes on the border, but both of them talking about immigration. That's all coming up here on The Annie Fry Show. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 